0: What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 184 on social media, branding and organic traffic. All right. Millionaires, entrepreneurs, moguls, philanthropists managers even right I want to encourage you to purchase my book lead from the front because it is essential if you want to learn how to be an effective leader not just for others but for yourself as well learning the tools or the importance I should say of accountability discipline we have so many resources and tools that are in the book to help you give better feedback give more genuine feedback you know hold yourself to a higher standard and hold others to a higher standard without making them feel like you're the person that tells a lot but doesn't lead by example. And that's what the whole purpose of the book is to lead from the front. So if you haven't already go check out my book, lead from the front, you can find it on my website at com. It'll be right there at the top. I'm super excited to have this conversation. We got Joe McCarthy in the building who is a branding specialist, social media strategist. He has scaled over 3,500 brands on Instagram and from farm boy to social media strategist at 18 You can see why I'm excited to have this conversation because that's a drastic difference, right? And uh, Joe, I'm going to, you know, pass the mic off for you to kind of tell us about, you know, your story and how you went from, you know, managing, operating, owning a farm to, you know, becoming the strategist at 18 for social media and helping brands kind of get their, you know, their presence off the ground and in front of more people. So Joe, super excited to have you tell our listeners a little bit more about what they can expect from today's episode.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate you you know, having me on and I appreciate you know everyone watching. So basically, you know, what I do is I just help scale up social media accounts, help them, you know, basically build their credible brands. So hopefully what we can get from this uh, podcast is like just little nuggets of information on, you know, how to build a credible brand, how to reach more people, make a bigger impact, how to build like some credibility on your social media presence. But yeah, I mean, basically like on uh, my story, like you said, I grew up on a farm when I was about like 6 years old i started selling like chickens eggs stuff like that and the funny thing is is like fast forward a few years i started using social media to actually uh, market like my farm products um, and i started selling on like facebook and instagram basically cuz what i what i was having an issue with is actually finding customers cuz i had a ton of product but i just didn't have the market base or the sales skills to actually sell it so i you know saw a couple farmers locally kind of doing what, what I wanted to do, which was building brands on social media and then using those to start selling their products, like their chickens and their eggs and stuff like that. So I decided to hop on that. I built a couple brands to a few thousand followers, you know, within a couple months, started putting myself in front of camera. Um, and I quickly started like just selling out of those products. And then that's kind of when I got the Um, idea to like go full in because I I noticed that like, you know, I had somewhat of a skill for marketing on social media, creating content. Um, I wasn't naturally uh, confident on camera, but I started to just put myself in front of camera and eventually got a lot more confident. But Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it started. And obviously, it's just blown up from there, which we can get into um, to where I, you know, help other guys like yourself and other like business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, pretty much anybody that has something to value, whether it be a service, product, content, information, I just help them basically scale up their social media presence, just like I have, basically.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you, Joe. And, you know, for for those, uh, well, you may not know, Joe, but our, in, our entire audience, our millionaires out there that'll be tuning in are full of entrepreneurs, full yeah. of, you know, individuals that are, you know, maybe transitioning out of the nine to five, transitioning to full-time ownership and entrepreneurship, some that are still trying to find that way uh, and looking for some type of vehicle or avenue to try to make that transition easier. But without further ado, you know, you you kind of know how it is that to get from A to B, you need some type of you know platform that brings traffic that makes that transition easier. And I love how you mentioned that you didn't have the sales skills at first and you know having an online presence made it easier for you to be able to sell online. You know if you may not have the sales skills but if you understand like funnels and just online presence selling online, you know you can, you know, get a few sales here and there just from having the the platform and the the systems in place. So Joe, glad to have you for our millionaires that are tuning in for the first time. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mind podcast for our vets. Welcome back. You are in the right place if you are here looking for money, making tips and tricks on just living a more passionate life, but making making some money while doing it at the same time. Uh, Don't forget that this is the most trusted platform and podcast in the world for passion and attraction. So let's get into today's conversation. Uh, Joe, going back into that, uh, that sales tip, you mentioned you didn't start off, you know, confident in sales. How did growing your online presence and online, you know, I don't know if you started off with funnels or if you started off with a website or just selling off, like you said, selling on Facebook and Instagram. How do you think though, like starting out in that area might have helped you get a little bit more confident or mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about sales or at least open the doors to you for you to checking out sales content, books, you know, coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. it's a great question. Well, I, obviously with
1: social media, you know, you can use it as a tool or you could just let it destroy you. Right. Like I know tons of people, yeah. they not fill their feed with just like, you know, BS stuff. That's not really going to help them just wasting time. But if you start following guys like Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, Ed Milet, those types of guys, then anytime you go on your phone and you look through social media, that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. So I just started surrounding myself with, you know, these big guys, these you know moguls in like the sales space, entrepreneurship space, you know, who own like really big businesses. I just started kind of like looking at them and wanting to be, you know, somewhat like them. And I came across Ty Lopez. I'm sure you've heard of him. He basically just, you know, dove into the online marketing space pretty early on. He started, you know, a social media marketing agency He ran a couple courses, I decided to hop in some of those courses and just, you know, start to immerse myself in like entrepreneurship, sales, running businesses, I, you know, bought like 50 books and started reading up on all kinds of different um, entrepreneurship and leadership strategies and stuff like that. So I just started like immersing myself in that. And like I, going back to the first thing I said with social media, if you know, you use it as a tool, it can become a huge, huge asset for you, a really big gold mine. So I've started mm-hmm. even like cross promoting with people like, you know, yourself, like, you know, reaching out to guys who have podcasts, reaching out to people who have business knowledge. And I just like, you know, interact with them, you know, maybe we'd hop on like a couple of calls. Um, so that's basically how I used it. Um, I didn't really get too much into like funnels and stuff like, pretty much what I would do is I would just start posting content. And I knew that really, like the only way that you're going to build that confidence, especially just putting yourself in front of the camera and stuff, you have to just do it, right? Like, there's so many people that get in their head, they are scared to take action. But you know, I just decided, like, screw it, I'm gonna, you know, put my first video out, it wasn't the best, I wasn't super confident, I did a ton of retakes. But I knew that, you know, in order to build that confidence and get that, you know repetition in, you're going to have to start to just put up, put yourself in front of camera. So I started to just film videos, providing tons of value. And I slowly started to build my brand. And as I was building my brand, then I was able to have somewhat of a market base or some credibility to be able to sell, you know, like in the, in the DMS, for instance. So I would reach out to people in the DMS and sell, you know, whether it was like content creation, story highlight covers, growth, like I was selling a few different things. And I did that just by growing the brand and putting myself in front of camera.
0: Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And um, let me just make sure, Joe, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yo. I had a call going through. I didn't know if it knocked me out, but that that makes a lot of sense. So Uh, I'm very interested to kind of hear what it was like, you know, growing up and and being raised on a farm, you know, being, you know, a a city boy myself, everything is kind of gridlocked in Philadelphia. Uh, (laughs) And when I hear farm, I think, you know, a lot of space. Um, So tell us about, you know, growing up on a farm and how you think that, you know, that lifestyle, you know, may have prepared or may have made it more challenging to, you know, to dive into the social media space.
2: Yeah, that's actually a really powerful question. I think it 100% helped me in a lot of different ways. And
1: yeah, like growing up on the farm, we had a lot of land, a lot of space. I think we, I think I grew up on like 27 acres. So it was a good amount of land to just grow up on. But as far as like the skills and stuff that I learned from that, like one, it just takes a lot of um, hard work. So like just natural work ethic, like you're not going to make it big in life unless you are just, you know, dedicated to working hard and putting in like those hours because you know, if you're lazy or if you're slacking, like, you're going to get beaten by the next guy who's willing to work harder than you, right? So, like, one, just work ethic just totally grinded that into me. Um, Number two is responsibility because, you know, if you don't go out there, like, every single day and feed, like, the chickens or, you know, move them or anything like that, you know, they're going to die. So, it's like their lives literally depended on you and you staying consistent and you staying um, accountable to, you know, basically being responsible to raise them. So, I think mm-hmm. the two things it mainly did was just like, it just grinded a work ethic in me, which I still use today. Obviously, like I'll work, you know, all day long and it doesn't even feel like work because I love it, but like I'll be doing like 12, 15 hour days and not even realize it just because it's just so ingrained in me that I love to just like work. And then number two is just like that responsibility. Cause, you know, if you're running a big business, you know, if you have sales guys, especially or, you know, you're hiring out, like they're depending on you for, you know, you to pay them to feed their families and into housing and stuff. So responsibility is also a really big key that farming taught
0: me. Yeah, I bet. And um, I love that you use the word consistency because I'm sure, you know, just Mm -hmm. what creating an online presence, you have to develop a a consistency and, you know, producing and showing up, you know, for that online presence. And even, you know, hearing about the discipline of, you know, caring for chickens and other livestock, I'm sure you can you know attest that a routine is is just as important yeah. so if you could you know speak on you know outside of you know your experience but just speak on the you know the general uh ideals of having a routine and following a routine you know whether it's creating systems a routine for a process but how important are routines just for you know development and being able to be productive uh in in the workspace entrepreneurship space Uh, All together? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, routine is like a huge
1: thing. I have one routine, and I'll get into that in a minute. But I think one thing that's even more important is almost like structuring out your day. Like, I know a lot of guys who kind of just like wing it, you know, they just get things done and they have no idea what they're doing. But I think if you take the night before, take like 20 to 30 minutes and just like game plan for the next day, I just literally just use my notes section in my phone and just like write down like the hours of the day and what I need to get done here, 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 and just time block it then you can stay accountable and you know that you're kind of on track throughout that day for the, you know, following day. You know that like I have to get this done from like 2 to 3 p.m., right? And then you just get that done. So that's a big key. And then I think waking up is kind of like the biggest thing. Like if you don't wake up right or you just instantly go to your phone and you're stressed out and you have to respond to emails and messages, you're going to set your day up for just being stressed out and, you know, being anxious, right? So I think as far as routines go, I think a morning routine is one of the first things you need to get down. Um, in addition to strategizing your day the night before, but I think if you get a dedicated like um, morning routine, whether it's like waking up at a certain time, praying, meditating, uh, you could even just like, um, I mean, if you just like even just like gratitude journal. I mean, I think you know gratitude is a big thing. Like if you're not grateful for certain things in life, then why would you know the universe or God give you more of it? So I think having a super solid morning routine that's going to set you up for that day so you can dominate throughout the rest of the day. I think those are the
0: biggest things for sure. Man, Joe, right there, I mean, you you said a lot and a little at the, in the in the same, you know, same breath, man. A lot of keywords, a lot of hot words that we use, you know, all the time um in the in the four seasons that I've been, you know, doing this, gratitude, you know, having a morning routine, you know, just planning, you know, meditation all of all the above you you said a lot of great things and one thing I want to hone in on is how you said uh taking about 20-30 minutes just to kind of map out your day the night before and having some type of night routine uh and making that a part of your night routine to just make sure that you can stay on top of uh your, your morning routine essentially and we had this conversation not too long ago with another guest uh, because a lot of people don't take into account, like if you were to do that in your morning, trying to plan your day, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of energy and effort. So you waste in precious time when you can do that, you know, towards the end of the day, as opposed to wasting that time in the beginning of the day. Okay. Um, and uh, another thing that you mentioned uh, with that was, and, and, I'm, and I'm starting to draw a blank, man, and I really want to reel it back because- as you were saying about the, the planning and the dedicating certain hours, I, I'm sure I'm going to come back to it. I'm sure I'm going to come back to it. I don't want to spend too much time trying to think of it, but let's talk about your family experiences too, on the support that you may or may not have had. had does your family have experiences well in social media to pass down to you or is all of this kind of self-taught and you kind of brought that to the family uh, as as opposed to vice versa.
1: Yeah. 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 As far as like the social media stuff, like my parents don't know a thing or uh, anything about social media. So that was completely self-taught and they thought I was crazy going into it at first, but my dad actually does have a lot of like entrepreneurship experiences. He has a really successful law firm with, you know, eight or nine different locations, 40 plus employees. So he's, he has like the fundamental like business knowledge and he's definitely passed on a lot of just like fundamental skills to me that I've just not picked up over the years so that's one thing I'm super grateful for um but yeah as far as like social media I just you know started to get immersed in that and my parents have never used it I actually taught my dad um how to kind of use it I've scaled his page to you know like 18,000 followers so I basically was
2: the one to kind of start that journey and obviously teach them along the way which is
0: pretty cool Got it. Got it. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. And I did get my, uh, my question back. <laughs> and it was, you know, what what did your or what does your morning routine look like for those that, you know, could maybe duplicate or, you know, edify that?
1: Yeah,
2: it's a great question. So uh, let me find it real quick. So typically, what I'll do is I'll wake up
1: at like, you know, seven, 8am, depending on when I go to bed. And then what I'll do is I'll have a quick gratitude list. So I like to list out at least like five to 10 things, new things like I don't like to just list the same thing mindlessly Mm -hmm. you want to be intentional with it so list like five to ten you know different things each morning for what you're grateful for so that way you know obviously you you can kind of set your state up uh, on the right foot in the morning Um, then typically I'll just do like a quick meditation to kind of get my mindset right Um, I also like to set an intention for the day I've been in a lot of different coaching groups and in this one I'm in right now called wake up wealthy they have you set like an intention for the day so it's kind of like you I mean, you're obviously going to have like your simple skills and like just the nitty gritty things like responding to DMs and, you know, hopping on calls. But if you have like an overarching, like almost like a goal or like an intention for that day, like, you know, I want to show up presently on my calls or I want to show up well here, then, you know, overall, that way it's going to make your day a lot more intentional and it's going to help you set yourself up for success. Um, And the last thing I do is just read like, you know, five, 10 pages either on audible or I'll just read like an actual book, um, just to kind of get some knowledge in. And I think like, you know, going back to like the pages, like I don't have to read, you know, an entire novel in a day, like, even if you just do five to 10 pages, that's going to build up over time. So I try not to over, overbear myself with like a ton of stuff to do. So if it's just like, if it's just like five, 10 pages, I think that's
2: perfect, but that's pretty much what my morning routine looks like on a daily basis. Absolutely.
0: I I love it. And I, um, I saw that you were, um, I checked out one of your stories and saw that you were doing that 75 hard yeah. challenge. How, how's that been going for you, man? Day, you are
2: know, like day 16 or something yeah, like that, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's day 16. So far, so good, man. I've mean, gotten
1: a lot more muscle, you know, despite having to work out twice a day, you know, which is brutal. I still feel like I have more energy, um, mm-hmm. you know, being able to kind of stick to a diet, pretty much cut out like all sugar because my diet wasn't super great. So, you know, cutting out sugars helped a ton. But yeah, dude, I just decided like, to dive all into it because I saw other people in my space doing it and I've seen great reviews reviews and I'm always one to challenge myself and kind of just try to you know not just challenge myself physically but also just mentally I think it's a, even a bigger mental battle to you know like drink a, a gallon of water a day work out twice you know all kinds of things so so far
2: so good and I mean I have full intention to finish it so um yeah I'm, I'm trying to build that discipline.
0: Yeah man, it was uh it was perfect timing. I tried the 75 hard challenge last year and made it all the way up to maybe like 22 days. But yeah. seeing you see, seeing you at day 14 it was like, "Oh man, I remember this challenge. Let me I think I might want to bring this back because I do remember those 22 days. Like I felt just I just felt so good about myself mm-hmm. and I'm sure you are feeling those effects right now. Like you have more energy, you feel like you're being more productive. Uh, you feel like you have more focus when it comes to planning the day ahead and everything like that. Um, So that, that's, that's awesome. I'm going to keep following you on that journey. And I I think I might, you know, try to try to keep up with that 75 with you, man, for sure.
2: Um,
0: Let's switch gears a little bit and and dive more into like the social media side of things. Um, When it comes to posting, you know, and I've, I've had, I have my, you know, my opinion on it. I feel like it could go either way. Um, but just from you helping the brands that you've helped, do you feel like posting every day is like essential to grow a strong page? Um, if not, or if so, you know, how do you come up with the bandwidth and the energy to be able to consistently post on a day to day basis? Mm, yeah, that's a good
2: question. So honestly, like I'll probably give you an answer that you aren't really expecting, but I think when you're starting out, I
1: think posting once a day or twice a day, is actually kind of detrimental and I'll tell you why. So basically if you post, let's say two times a day, just starting out, no one really knows you a ton. Um, if you start just posting a ton, uh, I guess like likes, comments and views and stuff like that, it's kind of like asking your audience for a gift, right? They're gonna give you this gift, which is your their attention, a like, maybe a comment here and there. And if you're asking for a gift twice a day, every day, they're going to get kind of bored of that, right? And they might not want to view your content quite as much. But if you span that out, let's say instead of posting, you know, five to 10 times a week, you only post three times a week. You do it every other day. So you give them kind of like a cushion break. They look forward to that content even more the next day. Plus then you don't have the issue of like having to come up with 10 different pieces of content in a week because that gets challenging too. Like I tried that. And it's like, you know, you gotta, I tried to batch the content, which is actually a really good strategy, whether you're posting, you know, five times a day or five times a month, trying to get it all done, like in one or two days, because you're, you're like in that mode. It's so much easier Mm -hmm. to kind of do it like day by day, if that makes sense. But yeah, as far as like posting um, amounts, I probably post maybe two or three times a week. Um, And I think starting out, you want to post maybe like two to three times a week as well. And then once you get to the level of like, you know, Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, Ed mylet like at that level, post like three times a day. Like, cause at that rate, you already have an audience. You already have the exposure and the credibility. So once you start to build an audience, then I would start to really pump the content and post, you know, two to three times a day. But starting out, I honestly recommend, you know, for your sake and for your audience's sake,
2: maybe just do it like every other day or, you know, one or two times a week.
0: Hmm. And you, you're right. That definitely, that answer definitely caught me off guard, but I can see why that is, uh, uh, effective. Um, because I'm just thinking Joe, like for the, the mental of, you know, somebody starting out with producing content one, it's already, um, exhausting trying to produce, you know, content for two times a day. Right. Then imagine not getting any attention, any likes, any comments, any engagements on it. And then you feel like it's, it's, pointless to yeah. where you're losing the energy and you feel like it's pointless to where
2: you all of a sudden just stop altogether yeah, exactly. you're not reaching people so it, it almost seems pointless
1: and that yeah that was kind of my point because that's what i started doing is i just post a ton and i wasn't getting tons of engagement so i was like well this sucks i'm not really reaching people what's the point versus if you kind of just span it out even if it's just like every other day you know you start to slowly build more engagement and it's not as much toll on you because you know you could even take that day off to
2: plan out your next day's worth of content. So you're not just, you know, burning yourself out, if
0: that makes sense. Man, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, And I I think I was just now starting to come to that realization, just naturally through trial and error, because uh, when I was going through the rebranding phase, um, I was trying to post once a day, then I said, Okay, I'm gonna up it up to twice a day. And Then, you know, I got a little bit tired of, you know, coming up with the content for like 20 reels and then trying to record 20 reels for a week. Uh, And and it just kind of felt redundant. Uh, And I felt like I was slipping in other income producing activities as opposed to these activities. So it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad we had that uh, that conversation, because I think that we needed to hear that Mm -hmm. as opposed to me just kind of identifying it and then not really being able to have a conversation so others can see why they might want to try that out uh, themselves. When did you start content batching? Because I also content batch, not just for Instagram, but also for, you know, the podcast, I'll content batch as well. Uh, and I know that you mentioned how effective it is, but how do you prep for it? Because it is a certain level of preparation, as you know, um, for content
2: batching. Mm, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, kind of like my system,
1: Uh, How it works is I'll just like write stuff in my notes, my reminders. Like if I hear something on like a movie or if I see something on like a podcast I'm listening to, or if I'm reading a book and I'm like, oh, that's super interesting. I might just write down kind of like a a basic um, format for like what that reel would entail or what that post would have. Um, So let's say, for instance, I was like watching a movie or something and I heard like a quote um, about like taking action or something. I'd probably write that quote and say like, you know, so, hey, I was watching this movie like three days ago and you know this guy said like this quote that really resonated with me and i just kind of explain how it kind of can pertain to my audience so like right now what i'm doing is i'm building up maybe like a list of like five to ten different um pieces of just like my thoughts or like quotes that i hear just around you know my world and then what i'll do is i'll choose like a day let's say it's like a saturday because i don't have a ton going on, on a saturday i'll pretty much just like write out a quick like format or like bullet points of you know what that will what that piece of content will entail and then I'll just the next day I'll just film it all so like if it's a reel I may do like four or five reels at a time and just go through the list of you know information that I've gathered up the past like week or two and then I'll also create like four or five different like quote pieces of content like if you go to my page you'll see there's like different pillars I have like all reels I have just like quote posts that are like just on a white background and then I have just like some behind the scenes, like life lifestyle type content, I guess you could say. So I'll pretty much batch content my reels, and then the next day batch content my quotes, and then the next day I'll probably batch content my just regular feed posts. So that way I have like 15 pieces of content, and that typically lasts me at least like four or five weeks, if not more. Um,
0: so that's kind of like my process basically. Got it, got it. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And Again, you know, it's definitely beneficial that you're not posting two times a day, right? So yes. you can stretch it out a lot more. And uh, I even like the psychology of how you mentioned it kind of teases your audience a little bit and makes them kind of beg for more, like wanting them, like wanting for more. Uh, so when they do get it, then they're engaging with you more likely. Then if they see it every day, they're like, all right, this is just another quote. Like I have seen yes. this one already. They'll probably think it's the so. same one they saw yesterday. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. Um, now here's a, here's a big issue, um, that comes up a lot, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial space. And I want to see if you have any experience. Has this ever happened to you, Joe? And that word uh, is shadow banding, right? Has, has Instagram, I I think it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that it is a thing. It, It is happening, uh, but it, it's what's tricky is identifying who exactly is happening to, how mm-hmm. long they can anticipate being shadow banned, why, how they can avoid it. Have you experienced being shadow banned? And if so, like, what ways have you gotten yourself out of it or can see somebody can
2: get un, unbanned? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's actually, like, a, there's a couple
1: different takes. So, like, there's actual, like, being shadow banned. And then there's this new update, which I'll talk to talk about in a minute. But if you're actually shadow banned, typically it's because you went against their guidelines, maybe you commented too much, or you put out like a super like controversial take that Instagram doesn't like, or you know, you're just spewing like false information, which you know, we can judge for ourselves whether it's false or real. But you know, if it goes against their guidelines, they're gonna shadow ban you, which basically just means like you're not able to really reach many people. Like you could post as much as you want, you could have like over a million followers and Instagram is like, nope, we're putting you in jail. We're not gonna put your stuff out on the explore page. We're not gonna show it to your audience. So you're essentially just like banned. And typically I've seen people, it can last you know, anywhere from a week up to five months. Like it really depends on if you've been shadow banned before or you know, the severity of it, but like it really varies. Um, what you can do to combat that, we've actually helped a lot of people get unbanned is doing like engagements. So like, for instance, we have a big group of over 3,500 people, and these are all past clients of ours. And in this group, you can pretty much just add your post links in there. And they kind of work like as a unit to engage with each other's content, which builds up the likes, builds up the comments, builds up the views. So at that rate, you don't even need Instagram to show it organically. Cause in my opinion, Instagram's organic algorithm is almost dead. Like it's really hard these days to reach people. But if you can get that organic engagement, it's real, but it's coming from our group, for instance, if you're consistently getting, let's say, 800 likes per post, 50 plus comments, thousands of views per video, if you do that on a consistent basis, you almost like break through that shadow ban. And Instagram is like, they want to show people content that seems to be doing well. So even if they may have shadow banned you in the past, if they see your posts for getting 800,000 likes from our group, or even if it's organic gonna be like okay well this guy's obviously got content that people like let's push it out on the explore page let's show more people so you can actually artificially like break through it using some of our methods but then going back to the first thing i said is i think a lot of people may think that they're shadow banned when they're not and that's because instagram came out with an update i think it was like five or six months ago um but it was some like ridiculous update where like they want you to spend more money with them. So they want you to buy ads, buy boosts. And the way to do that is by almost like screwing with people's organic reach. So it's like if you used to reach maybe 500 to a thousand people per post, and now you see all of a sudden, for some reason your engagement just sucks, it's probably not that you're shadow You're probably just dealing, you're dealing with the consequences of this algorithm, which a lot of people are. So, you know, at that rate, you know, you may only reach like 30, 40 people per post and you're like, am I shadow banned? Like what's going on? Typically it's just because of this update, Instagram wants you to spend more money. So they're not gonna show your stuff to a ton of people. So you kind of almost have to judge, like go back and say like, did I offend Instagram in any way? Did I put out a controversial post? When did this start happening and why did it happen? If you can pinpoint a time where like, maybe you went against their guidelines, maybe you're shadow banned, but chances are if they have no clue why their engagement isn't up higher or if their content's not reaching people, chances are it's just because of this algorithm. I know that's a lot, but that's kind of my take.
0: Nah, that that makes a lot of sense. So you are actually, so I think I'm one of the people who might, it's like, so basically shadow banning is the equivalent of Facebook jail. Yeah. Right. Um, so, what what a lot of us are experiencing is actually just uh, the effects of Instagram wanting to squeeze out more dollars out of their users. Exactly. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and why wouldn't they, right? (laughs) Because, uh, and then it's also like, um, I'm seeing that it's a double-edged sword that depending on how you use it depends on how much access you get to your followers. Mm -hmm. Like if you just have a just for fun account, like my wife, like she, her stories, Joe, get like 600, <laughs> 600 views. Yeah. My stories on a good day will maybe get like 200 sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like I, I, I know it's not me at this point. Like it's certain it's like, people are just not seeing it at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that,
1: especially it. with entrepreneurship stuff, like it's really hard to reach people. Like, you know, if you look at any like model that they, they can easily scale up organically, but with us, like, you know, the, information
2: business information is not quite as sexy so it's a lot harder for us to you know scale up in the ranks but yeah i
0: 100 percent agree with you gotcha gotcha that that makes a lot of sense thanks for uh bringing light to that so it's more so just the algorithm and you're saying that the key to really breaking this you know is you know identifying you know groups that you can put yourself in Uh, where everybody's kind of just sharing their content with each other. And it's kind of just like a, an honor system. Like everybody in the groups just goes and likes and engages with everybody who posts in the group type of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's definitely the, that's the easiest way to go about it. And if you look at any of the big guys, you know, like I said, like Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, um, Gary V, they're all actually investing tens of thousands of dollars into their growth, into their followers, their engagement. Um, cause it, like I said, it's so hard to grow organically. They're all like feeding their, you know, uh, pages by investing into stuff that we kind of do basically. So that's definitely the easiest way to do it. The other one is just provide good content. Like I think, I don't know if you know Alex Ramosey, but he's one of like the top guys who has grown like just organically. Cause he just provides such great content. So like if your content is super golden and you post that consistently, like at least two to three times a week. Um, And you stay consistent with that. That's another thing is you don't want to go like post, like for five months and disappear for a month. You got to stay consistent with it. So if you're consistent with it and you're posting really, really good content, you can slowly grow organically. But other than that, the only other way is really to just start investing into the actual
0: growth and engagement and stuff like that. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Those, it does make sense that Grant Cardone, you know, we, we think, from the outside looking in, it's like, okay, we're seeing their content because of who they are, but sometimes we might not think that they still invest yeah. dollars into their outreach, into their, you know, engagements and things like that. Yeah. Especially, you know, the day before an, an event, like yeah. they might have an event, and, you yeah. know, they're going to pay to get that that yeah. out to the right people.
1: Yeah. Even like guys, even people like Kim Kardashian, Ronaldo, Justin Bieber, go through like Justin Bieber. Like, I don't even think he cares about the followers anymore. You go through his uh page that go through his actual following it's basically just bots like he has an agency by just feeding him followers because you know a guy with 200 million followers is a lot more credible than someone with you know 100 followers right so they obviously know the game they know that it's very big into like pay to play you know if you can build up your page um you can make tons of money like kim kardashian i think she charges a million dollars per post which is just unfathomable but like she's done that because she's built her brand and invested
2: heavily into the, you know, into the numbers and the growth and stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought up the, um, like the, uh, the Justin Bieber scenario too, like buying followers, Um, because it can go, I I could see it going both ways too, because I've seen people who might've had, you know, a whole bunch of followers, but not the likes and engagements to match. So like starting out, I mean, if you have a little bit of money to invest, do you think that it's smart to jump to the, to, the, to the point of maybe buying followers or, you know, just maybe investing in ways that you can create some type of organic traffic? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Or in which but, scenarios would one be better over the other? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, I think, like, if you have a lot of money, obviously, like, go for it. Invest into, like, you know, Instagram ads and boosts. But me and my partner, Dre, have actually kind of done the math. If you were to invest, let's say, you know, $5,000 into just running Instagram ads, uh, your follower count, like coming back is probably going to be like 10K. Um, So it actually ends up being 10 times more expensive to invest in that kind of stuff versus what we do. Um, I wouldn't recommend just like going on a website or like just buying super cheap, um, like bot followers. Like it's hard to judge whether or not they're even real or not, but I would not recommend just like buy like super duper cheap followers because like you said what happens is instagram can either just like actually shadow ban you they may even delete your account and then you'll see like there's tons of people that have 10 15 followers but you look at their engagement and it's super low right because it's like they're not actually like engaged followers so i wouldn't really recommend doing that instead if you do something like what we do we actually launch like a massive dm so we can launch a dm to thousands of people and it would basically be like your page link and, like, a message below that, that would, I'm sure you've seen them in, like, a request. It would say it's something like, hey, go check out Kai. He's a super cool, like, podcaster. Go give him a follow. Check out his content. And we would just send that out to tens of thousands of people. So that way, the only way you're even going to get followers is if, like, a real account clicks that and then clicks your follow button. So that's how we can make sure you're actually getting, like, real followers. So that way it doesn't screw in any way with, like, Instagram's, you know, algorithms. So that way you can also get you know, thousands of likes, comments, views. So like, if you got money, I definitely would be be strategic with it. You don't want to just buy the cheapest option you can find because you usually get what you pay for. If you find something with like 10,000 followers for 200 bucks, it's probably not going to be super high quality. So I wouldn't go for that. If you got a ton of money, maybe you should start running like Instagram ads, because even though they're a lot more expensive, they will get you a lot more targeted followers. But typically, mm-hmm. if you have let's say anywhere between five hundred bucks to a couple thousand. Usually, you want to go like the middle route, which would be something like what we do, which is getting real followers. They may not be like super highly targeted, but they're real. They're U.S. based. It'll get you more engagement and it will build up your credibility. So those are like the scenarios I would, you know, based off the scenarios, what you would probably want to do.
0: Yeah, no, that that's that's the. I think that's a great way to answer that question. And I do want to you know switch gears into what you guys do a little bit more joe and you know if you could you know what does the ideal person that you know has the best results with you guys look like Mm. so typically there are people that have a way to
1: monetize their brand like you could have the best page in the world but if you're not really using it to monetize whether that's you know selling a product or a service or putting out good content or like a podcaster, typically you're not going to do quite as well so like we've worked with a ton of people that are like you know, coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners, tons of podcasters, tons of speakers, because if they scale up their following, let's say to like 20 to 30K, you know, and they're charging, let's say like $3,000 for coaching. You know, if they just bring in one client, it's going to pay for the service. And then if they bring in six clients or 10 more clients from the credibility and the growth, they're going to make a ton more money, right? So then they just keep on buying from us. So typically what we see is guys that have, you know, stuff to offer. We worked with a ton of women as well, by the way. Um, but yes, typically like I'd say like 18 year olds up to like 45 year olds, and they almost always have either like a business or like a podcast or value to offer to people.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. And let's say an individual, um, has a product or service built out but because of that, they totally ignored social media for for the last year or so. So they don't even have a platform because this is not, this is typically, you know, what our millionaires may look like. As a beginner, now having a product and service and stepping into the social media space, what steps would you recommend that beginner take before coming to you guys for help? Mm, yeah, I mean, firstly, I would just say just start posting content
1: like, you know, we don't like... To necessarily like a scale up post or scale up accounts that have like one or two posts. Like, we like to scale up stuff that has like good content. They have like a, at least a good like eight to 10 posts up. So, I would say just start posting, building like a, a brand like aesthetic. Like, you know, we can totally help you with the look and the content and the management of the page. But if you can start to like just build the overarching brand, build some like good content, we can do our part by actually scaling that up and getting it to more people. So starting out, I would just start to just post good content, cross promoting with other people, if they can maybe like, you know, hop on podcasts like yourself, or if they can just like get a shout out from, you know, maybe like a micro influencer, like on a story um, that can help a little bit with the growth. Um, But yeah, that's probably what I would just do at least starting out. Because like Grant Cardone will tell you, like, you know, if people don't know you, they're not going to buy from you, you could have the best product in the world. And if you only have like 60 followers on instagram like you're basically a nobody to most people so it's definitely it's definitely beneficial to scale up like a good credible brand
0: yeah no that that makes a lot of sense and um i even like that you use the word um focusing on an aesthetic to have uh because i do feel like that's important and it is clear that there's a certain aesthetic uh certain aesthetic that works for instagram versus a certain aesthetic that may work for TikTok or facebook uh, for Instagram, what do you feel like that aesthetic looks like or, you know, certain aesthetics that can pass, you know, that kind of just makes it easier to scale these brands?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, that's a good question. Instagram is a super like visual platform. So like I think aesthetic, like you said, is
1: like a really big key that most people just miss out on like they just don't even think about it. They just put out the value. But I think it definitely helps to have can, like brand colors. Like if you go to my page, you know, you'll instantly know my color is red. Um, So I think, like, kind of having, like, a consistent color theme is probably, like, a a really big key that most people just forget about. Because that way, if people see your content, um, they can also, like, associate you with red, right? Or, like, if, let's say, they see just, like, a red post scrolling through Instagram, they almost always know that it's from you because they can associate that color with your brand. So that would be one thing. Um, Just simple branding things, like adding, like, your username in the left corner or whatever, adding, like, your you know, signature or something like that, that can help too. Um, But those are just like little things. Um, And then there's like layouts. I mean, you can do a content layout. Like I I don't say like it's essential. I do it because it looks really good because I get a lot of business through my Instagram. So, you know, when people have that first impression and they come to my page and instead of seeing just random posts everywhere, they see like, you know, really clean pillars of kind of like my different types of content. It kind of builds a little bit more, aesthetic i guess you could say like social presence um but i don't think it's like essential as long as you have those colors but if you do start a um a layout i think a couple good ones would be like checkered where it's kind of like you do like a black or a white like background post like a quote and maybe do a video and that and a video and that and video because that kind of creates this checkered theme I, I think i've seen a couple i think i've seen a lot of pages that have that where you could do like the mm-hmm. pillars where it's like you do two or three different pillars um but yeah that's kind of my take on
0: yeah no that, that that's that's good info um especially like the pillars and more so like the content layout yeah. um co- colors is cool too but I, I think that even with colors um some people don't even know like the psychology of certain colors so if you're not going to do that research it's probably safest to probably stick with like the content yeah. layout as you said um, so what do you think is the framework to now creating or getting consistent results on each work, uh, on each post? Is it like, um, like, is it telling a story? Is it, you know, hitting a certain, you know, emotional bone, you know, emotional nerve to your audience? Like for you, what is consistently um, outside of, you know, of course, having your group as well, but for getting new engagements, what do you feel like uh, has helped you consistently get that type of engagement?
2: Um, I think it comes down to kind of like knowing your niche or knowing your audience. Like if you're a,
1: um a real estate agent, you obviously have to post like certain types of content or houses and stuff like that. For me, I kind of almost like pinpointed my ideal like avatar, I guess you could say. So like I pretty much like speak to, I guess you could say, like the 15 to like 20 year olds. Um so a lot more young people and typically male people males, because like they they struggle a lot with like entrepreneurship and just getting started. So that's the one thing I looked for is kind of just knowing my audience, knowing my niche um, and choosing my niche before I even started posting. And another kind of like quick thing is I almost wanted to, I guess, help like myself in a way, because like it's like selfish, but like you kind of almost, you know, post to almost give advice to yourself. Like there's things like, you know, you may struggle with, like, let's say you struggle with consistency maybe just write up like a quick script and put out a video about consistency. Cause if you're struggling with it, chances are like, there's a ton of people your age who are also struggling with it, right? So whether that's like consistency, scared of people's opinions, that was a big one for me early on. So like, I just almost like speak to my younger self. Like, you know, I used to be like scared of other people's opinions. I'm gonna put out content for that age range. Um, Cause that's exactly
2: what I was thinking um, or like just stuff like that essentially.
0: That Make that makes a lot of sense. And I like that, I like that concept of speaking to your younger self because in most cases, when we when we think about, unless it's like a, a product, you know, a product, you can easily have a you know different target audience. But it, usually for services, we see a lot of services stemming from solutions to problems we have. Exactly. So in most cases, you wanna you your your avatar is gonna be your pre, your past self. So yeah. that's a nugget right there. I don't even want that to, you know, go over people's head. I had to speak on that because that's a that's a real nugget of, you know, helping people identify their, their target audience and just relating back to their past self. Yeah, Um. that's my first time hearing it put that way, uh, Joe. So uh, if you had to start over, right, Um, would you change anything Uh, about what you did the first time around scaling your brand, you know, helping other brands? you know, failing and, and you know, learning things along the way. What what would you change if you had to change anything?
1: Mm,
2: that's a powerful question. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, like, obviously I'm I'm at where I'm at
1: because of my decisions, right? So like I think I'm big on like just don't live in regret, you know, what you mm. did in the past. Like obviously you you you're here today because of what you did in the past, whether it was good or bad. Um obviously we've all made like mistakes or put out like just like you know, content that didn't really stick, or maybe we had like, um, fears, like, for instance, if I was scared to put out content for a year, because I was scared of what people would think, you know, the reason I put out content today, helping those types of people is because of, you know, that trial or that error, right? So like, I think ultimately, I, there's really nothing I can think of off the top of my head that I'd want to change. Because mm-hmm. you know everything that I did in the past is because of, you know, was, I mean, where I'm at right now is because of what I did in the past you know yeah. so i think ultimately i don't really have any regrets and i'm big on you know don't live in regret like the past is the past right so like you got to have to kind of live in the present look forward to the future um cuz living in the past is really nothing beneficial to that
0: at all yeah no yeah that that's a that's a great answer and uh, you said something that um made me curious about uh something else and that was pretty much you learn from your mistakes and you create the content that doesn't stick. You know, what do you learn from that? And that content that doesn't stick, what do you do with that? Do you yeah. like the content that doesn't perform? Do you delete it and maybe try to repurpose it later? Do you just keep it on there as just like a reminder? Like, Hey, I remember when I made this and it didn't stick. Or do you try to clean, clean up your page for only the most successful content? no I
1: don't I don't I mean you can scroll down to my oldest post it's like a picture of me with glasses holding like a Dr. Pepper can or something dumb like that I've have, I have like random pics of like the farm so I like to my for my page you know personally it's like I'll post you know um leveling up like consistently so you can almost see like my evolve like you can see me evolving right because like I used mm-hmm. to here, and now you can like see that I'm human and I slowly build up my content, it's consistently getting better, I'm consistently getting more confidence, consistently getting better branding, better, you know, captions and stuff like that. So I kind of like that, that kind of concept. I think it's super cool. Um, And if you see that a piece of content doesn't stick, like I just keep it there. Because I think what you just said, like, it almost like reminds you like, you know, your audience obviously doesn't really like this kind of stuff that much. So, you know, maybe don't post that and then you see kind of what works and double down on that kind of stuff. So I'll just keep it up. Like it's obviously your choice at the end of the day. Um, I don't think it's going to like make a huge difference either way. But for me personally, like I just keep up everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, because it kind of shows that you are human and that you can evolve and, you
0: know, obviously better yourself every day. Hey man. And and, um, I'm even going to hone in on that word you use human shows that you're human and people want to work with real people. You know, people don't want to go to your page and at first, you know, if you know the person, you, you may be enticed at first to see, okay, they're just showing nothing but success, success, success. But when you see a person that's right on that cusp, I think right between 10 K followers to hundred K followers it's definitely beneficial to scroll and see their evolvement, As you mentioned, their evolution and their process and their journey, as opposed to just seeing where they are now. And it's kind of like, okay, Definitely. How did you get to where you are now? Uh, is it all real? Is it legit? Like it, it raises yeah. a lot of questions. So I'm with you on that one. Um, and I just wanted to kind of hear your take on it. But I definitely agree. Uh, it's probably beneficial and just a learning process for yourself more so than for your audience to just kind of keep that old content because once you delete it, it's gone and then you can forget and end up recreating yeah you know, recreating that trash content
1: <laughs> yeah I'm super weird like I think I went on like Grant Cardone's page and I went on like Jay Shetty or like Ed Milet. and I literally scrolled for like maybe an hour because they had like 7,000 posts but I literally scrolled to the bottom just to see where they started just to see what their last post was and it was probably like a post from like seven years ago and it was just it wasn't obviously as elite as it was you know that's the, the stuff they're posting now and you can kind of just see that like not everybody starts you know, elite, right? Like everyone looks at social media and they pretty much always just see like the highlight reel of everybody's life. They don't see like, most people don't post like the crappy stuff. They don't post like them, you know, messing up or they don't post like, you know, just videos of them not being confident. They want to show their best selves on social media. So it's like every time people go to people's pages, it's like all they see is that good stuff and they're going to compare that to their behind the scenes life. Cause like they may be dealing with like, you know, you know, confidence issues or you know they're scared of what people think or they don't know how to put themselves in front of camera or their life sucks and they're gonna kind of judge that stuff based off of what they see on social media and be like why is my life not that good right so i think just being able to kind of scroll and see where everybody starts is like everybody starts at zero followers right like i started at zero followers i started with like maybe four or five likes on a post um so it's just about kind of being able to realize that too um not, not judge yourself or compare yourself to other people, I think is a huge thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes you more relatable uh, to yeah. your target target audience as well. I mean, you just said it, the person who may, you know, not feeling confident, they feel like they're, you know, wasting a lot of time scrolling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When they scroll in, they just see the highlight, you know, it it could just cause them to want it, but it may not cause them to want you because you may not be relatable. But once you start showing that you were the same person they were, now it's like, oh man, I took that same exact type of picture, you know, two, two years ago, and they were at the same place. It just makes you a little bit more relatable. So, Joe, uh, man, as we are uh, transitioning and wrapping things up, I, I want to switch gears uh, and change paces a little bit uh, with our rapid fire round. So I got five random questions, brother. They have nothing to do with anything we just talked about for the last you know, hour or so. Uh, but most importantly, I want you to have fun, be brief, be brilliant, and uh, just kind of answer with the first thing that comes to mind in one word or one sentence, however you can do it. Cool. <laughs> All right, here we go. First question is, if you could guarantee one thing in life besides money, what would it be? Happiness.
2: Just Happiness. A, yeah, you don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. I think like if you're not happy then it's just like what's the point
0: Mm -hmm. i love it what are you most excited
2: about right now Uh, i'm expecting a kid so that's exciting my wife just found that out so that's probably the biggest thing okay what are you currently curious about Mm. dang i don't know I'm getting a lot into like the,
1: the mindset type stuff. So just kind of like why we think what we think. That's probably something interesting that I've been curious about lately.
0: Okay, mindset, different type of mindset hacks. Yeah. Okay, number four, if you had someone following you around all day, what would you have them do?
1: <laughs> I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is film me because I, I need like a full-time <laughs> videographer
2: like V. So I'd have them film me, dude. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a, I think that was a no brainer with this, with this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, what, which ones would you keep? Mm,
1: Instagram, obviously probably iMessage. I think I use that one a lot. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess my, my photo or like my camera app, because I probably need to use that to create content. I think I have, if
2: I had those three, I'll be pretty set. I can't, I don't really use a ton of the other apps, anyways, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, so if you don't use them, why, why keep them? Yeah, exactly. Kind of the distracting. <laughs> All right, man. We transitioning out to our last set of questions. Joe, again, it's been a real pleasure having you on here. I know our millionaires are gonna get a ton of gems and game from this episode as they watch it. Um, but as we transition, I gotta ask this question every every episode. Uh, and now we are at a red pill, blue pill scenario. So, uh, if you seen, I'm pretty sure you've seen Matrix, right? Got it. So you are going to be our Morpheus, and I want you to give us a red pill, blue pill scenario for our millionaires to vote and pick which ones they will take. So, mm. if you had to uh, give us a scenario, what does that look like? Mm.
1: I don't know, man.
0: And it could be about anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be a you know social media based. I had a guest uh, literally give us one about, you know, uh, you choose a partner that, you know, loves you and can't provide for you financially, or you choose between a partner that can provide for you financially, but doesn't necessarily stimulate you emotionally. Hmm. That was just one.
1: Dang, I'm not prepared for this one. I can't even think of anything. What's like another example?
0: Another example would be, um, okay, you can... Red pill, you take a million dollars, um, over 10 years, or you take a thousand dollars a day for the rest of your life. Got you,
2: got you. Hmm. So you could either
1: make a ton of money over your lifetime, but not live up to your true potential, or you can
2: live up to your true potential, but you. Have a cap down what you can make
0: mm, so the red pill is you make a lot of money but not living up to your truest potential and we'll 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 use potential like happiness like you're not necessarily your happiest
2: self yeah, like you're not really like you're not really challenging yourself a ton you're not as happy as you know you
1: could be, but you got a ton of money um versus let's say you don't have as much money as you want, but you're somewhat happy you know you're obviously doing your best and you're giving it your everything
0: but you don't got it. it okay there we go i like that one so red pill making a lot of money not living up to your truest potential blue pill you have a cap on how much you can earn but you're extremely happy and fulfilled yeah got it i like that scenario i like that scenario so what we're going to do joe we're going to have our millionaires who are listening to this on spotify vote and also our millionaires who are tapped in with us on our uh million dollar mastermind Facebook group, they'll be able to vote as well as I'll raise that question in the group. And I also make sure I tag you so that they can engage with you in there as well. So you are getting ready to uh hit the town and you happen to walk past a spin image 18 year old version of yourself. What would be some advice you would give 18 year old Joe?
2: Mm, that's a great question. I think ultimately I'd just tell him not to
1: not to really like care about other people's opinions. I think a lot of people, they, like I said, they judge like everybody's highlight to everybody's, to their behind the scenes. So they kind of like, they're super hard on themselves. So like, ultimately I would say just like, try not to be so hard on yourself with comparison, but then also just don't care like what other people think. Like you're always going to have haters. Like you could literally, you know, be like, you know, the president of the United States and there's probably gonna be like 50% of people who literally hate you and then 50% that don't, right? So, like, no matter what you do, whether, you know, you're helping a ton of people or you're a huge entrepreneur, if you want to do something great in life, you're going to get hate. But I think the key to, you know, kind of overcoming that is just not caring what other people think. Because most of the time, you know, people don't care that much about, like, you know, what you do and how you do it and stuff like that. Um, So, like, why would you, you know, why would you not chase your dreams if you know, either way, you're going to get hate, like, you're going to hate for, like, sitting on your bum and being lazy, but you're also going to get hate for chasing your dreams and living up to your potential, so why not go and live your dream and reach that potential, so that's what I would tell my younger self is don't, don't compare yourself to other people so much, and then just don't be hard on yourself, and yeah, like, don't, don't compare, you know, your, your behind the scenes
0: to everybody else's, like, highlight reel. Hell yeah, hell yeah, comparison is this, of happiness and yeah, dude, you know yeah. you got people that that walk you know you got people that can literally hate blue jeans and yeah. you not know it and you walk out the house in mm. some blue jeans and automatically those people going to hate you just for wearing blue jeans just for what you got on yeah so and i like your quote as well you know they, they're going to hate you if you're the bum but they're also going to hate you if you you know grinding and chasing your dreams so why not do the one that makes the most sense and matters to you the most
1: yeah exactly
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Joe, man, it's been a pleasure. As I keep saying, I want to give you now the space to plug yourself in tell our millionaires a little bit where they can find you, uh, any special projects or events you have going on some news that you're super excited to share. Now's the time to, you know, let us, uh, let us, let us in on a little secret.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'd
0: say Instagram is probably
1: like the main place to find me. It's where I post pretty much all my content. So at real Joe McCarthy on Instagram um i mean you can check out my facebook same thing real joe mccarthy i'm not super active there but instagram is probably that main platform as far as big projects go like we don't have a ton um i mean we have tons of stuff in the works but it's more like behind the scenes stuff um but check out some of my highlights um on my instagram page you can go through kind of like what we do how we do it we're always leveling up people's pages um so obviously if you guys are interested in something like that you know feel free to check it out and if you go through my content hopefully that can help you guys as well
0: awesome joe it's been a pleasure man i, I super super excited to have this conversation i'm glad you showed up i'm glad you were able to give us some value and some some gems so i gotta say thank you again And to our millionaires, I want to say thanks for you all for, you know, just showing up week in, week out, giving us the feedback, letting us know what you want to hear more about. And thanks in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become, especially as you apply today's principles. And Joe, as I mentioned, we have a lot of millionaires that are entrepreneurial, you know, driven, entrepreneurial spirited that are trying to make a way and have already identified social media as the best way to really make a footprint in their industry so you know for our millionaires that are tapping in if you really you know felt this this conversation i want to encourage you all to tap in you know give joe a follow uh let him know that you came to him from the podcast came to him from this community and joe if you have any type of you know uh you know sponsor code that you can give to the millionaires that are listening because like i said we got a lot that are listening to this and it really pays a it really pays a lot just having you on here because I know a lot of people probably see on Instagram, people hand them the DMS. I can help you grow your page and they haven't seen the the person behind the profile, but here we're able to, you know, have this conversation with you and they can see the person. So, you know, I'm sure people now dust off the cobwebs and are going to actually act towards, you know, that, man, I wonder if the person can actually help me, Well, we have a real person right here. So if there's any, you know, uh code or any way that you know we can let our millionaires know or let you know that our millionaires are coming to you from this episode that'd be great uh what, what what kind of code would you be able to have for us
2: i mean we could probably you know come up with something real quick but i think if you just tell me that you know you came from kai's podcast
1: and you just shoot me a message on the dms you know we'll be able to kind of like attribute that to to his podcast so that way we can know that you guys came from that we will give you discounts as well so if you you know mentioned that you came from his podcast you saw me there And you're looking to grow on Instagram, potentially, you know, we'll be happy to give you guys, you know, like a a certain portion off for sure.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joe, it's it's been a pleasure and I really appreciate, you know, giving back to the community as well and to our community. Again, you guys know that gas is expensive and Joe (laughs) just got on here for an hour and gave you some gas. Right. Some some real gems on how you can really transform your brand, you know, increase your social media presence. And even gave you guys an incentive to go connect with him so that he can even help you guys do it. So just remember to keep focused, build momentum, and drive results so you can live abundantly. I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. And you just heard from Joe McCarthy on social media branding and entrepreneurship. Just remember to keep focus again, build momentum, and drive those results. Peace.